The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Well, hello, friends. It's Friday. We made it to Friday. Look at that. 2.06 on the 6.30 Ched Afternoon News. Andrew is away today. He'll be back on Monday. Some things I want to let you know about today before we get uh, things going. Again, 4.25. It'll be your word of the day, your chance to win your way on that trip to Montego Bay with me and Andrew in January. Really looking forward to that. And let me tell you something. Um... If, if you're sitting on that thinking, I, I, I think I need to book that, you better get booking. I got the numbers today from uh, New West Travel, so uh, don't forget about that. We will make the big draw October 15th. I have J- uh, Justin Timberlake tickets to give away today as well, so we'll do that. Also on the show, we'll talk with Jay Padilla from uh, the Edmonton Toy Run. It's getting ready to uh, get going on the weekend. Always, always a huge time for a 6.30 Ched Santa's Anonymous. Did you hear about this? And I'm fascinated by this stuff. There's been more reports of Ogopogo sightings in Lake Okanagan. I'm going to talk with a biologist, a senior biologist uh, out of BC about that. We'll, we'll hear all about that. Plus, a a beautiful story being made out of something very, very tragic. We'll get to that just after uh, three o'clock. It's um, I don't know if you remember this story. It was a, a, it was awful. It was in Vaughan, Ontario, a couple of years back, and a drunk driver killed uh, three young children and their grandfather. Um, mom and dad kind of obviously left behind to pick up the pieces, and and the way that they're trying to do that is by starting a foundation with a lot of the money that was raised from the go. Fund me page, all of that. It's called Many Hands Making Good. So trying to turn something awful into something good. We'll we'll get an update on that campaign as well. Plus, of course, we're watching uh, everything that is happening out of Washington uh, today uh, by a count of 11 till 10 to uh, 10. The U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee has voted to send Brent Kavanaugh's Supreme Court nomination to the Senate floor. Committee members voted along party lines a day after Christine Blasey Ford accused Kavanaugh of sexually assaulting her when they were teens. He has denied all of the allegations, was very adamant in his testimony yesterday. Yesterday, Global National Washington correspondent Reggie Cicchini joins us now. Hi, Reggie. Hi there. Thanks for taking the time this afternoon. Can you give us an idea of what the mood, what the tone, what the feeling is like in Washington right now? It's, it is very energetic in a lot of different styles in Washington right now. There's a motion that's running raw still on Capitol Hill. There are still demonstrators. There are still protesters that are kind of inside the hallway, standing outside of the Dirksen Senate building where the hearing took place this morning. Uh, there is uh, nervousness happening inside the White House because knowing that uh, this is now going to go to an investigation. There's nervousness inside the Republican leadership offices, uh, knowing that this could potentially derail uh, a nomination. So there is uh, there's a multitude of 
of, of things that people are feeling right now, and it's hard to kind of get a grip on all of them. Okay, Reggie, so it was a close vote with the nomination being sent to the Senate floor. Um, was that what was expected? It was what was expected. We knew that this was going to be an 11 to 10 vote uh, because Jeff Flake, he was a little wishy-washy on whether or not he was going to vote for Judge Kavanaugh in the committee. He ultimately decided, yes, I'm going to send this vote. I'm going to send this uh, this confirmation to the Senate floor on the condition that the FBI will reopen a background check into Judge Kavanaugh. And now we're getting notes from the Senate Judiciary Committee. They just put out a release that says that they will instruct the FBI to conduct a supplemental background investigation investigation with respect to the nomination of Judge Brett Kavanaugh. So that's the latest as to what's happening right now. So there will be. Okay. And, you know, yesterday he was quite, and it was brought up numerous times that he has gone through numerous FBI checks, but this one would be looking specifically into the accusations made um, by Blasey Ford. That That's true. It'll okay. look into allegations and it will also uh, kind of open up an investigation into Mark Judge, who was the man who was alleged yes. to be in the room while it was happening. So this may bring new evidence into light. Now, Mark Judge has already released a note through his lawyer saying that he will participate in any uh, federal investigation and any questions that are asked of him as long as it's uh, done under a, an umbrella of confidentiality. Yeah. So I don't really know how that's going to go forward, but it does allow for investigators to kind of pursue a new avenue as to what they're looking for. So Reggie, Tell us about that um, Democratic walkout this morning. The, some uh, a, a number of the Democratic members walked out. What happened there? So it was just after the committee had started their hearing this morning. Uh, there was a, a motion that had been forward, put forward by uh, Democratic Senator uh, Blumenthal, and he wanted to ask for an FBI investigation to be opened up, and it was immediately overturned by the ruling majority part of that uh, of the committee. Uh, within moments of that, we saw uh, Senators Kamala Harris, Maisie Hirono stand up. They walked out of the room. It was followed by a number of the other senators that were in the uh, on the on the panel as well. Uh, that led to kind of a big commotion. It was one of the delays that started this meeting. It was the second round of delays that happened in the meeting as well. That when all the senators kind of got up and they were all huddling into the back room mm-hmm. trying to figure out what was going on. So there was a lot of commotion and and un- uncertainty as to what was happening with this committee today. And the walkout was kind of what started it all from going on. So what timeline are we looking at now, Reggie? What is you know the next twenty four four 48 to seven days. What, what are we looking at with the investigation and votes? So now that we know that this investigation is going to be, or at least a request for the investigation has been given to the White House, because only the president can authorize an FBI investigation. Okay. So if that investigation is given a green light, it, we're, it, uh, ju- the Judiciary Committee is saying it'll be seven days. So we're looking at postponing that vote for at least seven days. Once that happens, uh, there's some housekeeping issues that need to be taken care of. Those will happen, and then it'll be a 30-hour debate that happens before the vote. So wow. we're now looking at into uh, the end of next week and the very beginning of the week after before we'll get to any kind of vote uh, okay. to, to see if he's confirmed. No, but you were saying that the president can say no to that. He can say no to it, but it would cause problems because math is a big issue for this confirmation right now. It's only a 51-49 majority for the Senate, and they need the majority of them to, or they need all of them, rather, to pass this. So if the president says no, Jeff Flake may say no to this as well as a couple of moderate Republicans, and it would derail the nomination. Have you been watching um, Trump's comments today, tracking his comments on, on what's been happening over the past 24 hours? 
Yeah, so he actually, he spoke not long ago during a uh, pool spray that he's having with the president of Chile, and he was asked about uh, the testimony from yesterday. He said of Dr. Ford, quote, I thought her testimony was very compelling, and she looks like a very fine woman to me, a very fine woman, and I thought Brett, uh, Brett's testimony, likewise, was really something that I hadn't seen before. So it's the first uh, verbal words we've heard from mm-hmm. the president on this. I know from sources yesterday, he was a little upset with how Dr. Ford's testimony was going. He said that she was too credible, and he thought that this was going to derail Brett. Brett's nominate or Brett's uh, uh, opportunity to give his uh, his testimony, but after the after the day was done, we saw the president continue to stand by uh, his nominee. Yeah, continues to stand by, and if by chance it um, something happens in, during that investigation um, over the the coming days, uh, Reggie, are there any other names being thrown around at this time for a backup, just in case Kavanaugh doesn't go through or doesn't get the nod? For the most part, they're trying to keep any kind of potential list of nominees under wraps. They don't want to kind of uh, throw any kind of wrench into the mm-hmm. process or throw any kind of additional pressure onto Brett Kavanaugh's shoulders before this investigation is wrapped up. Uh, he, there was always going to be uh, an issue with Brett Kavanaugh when it was going forward. A lot of Democrats didn't like him to begin with, so there was a lengthy list of people that could have been on that li- uh, on the uh, on on the receiving end of a nomination. Uh, we will likely see what happens at the end of this investigation if new names start to come out. But you also have to remember, Brett Kavanaugh. Has has said that this has been a horrible uh, process for he and his family. We don't know if Brett Kavanaugh may actually want to go through another investigation and another background check, so we could actually see a withdrawn nominee by the end of the week. There are a lot of variables to this situation right now. Yeah, yesterday, though, said he uh, pretty much didn't plan to give up and he had no intentions of backing down. It will be interesting to see what happens over the coming week. Reggie Cicchini, thank you for joining us this afternoon. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, it's 2.15 on the 6.30 Chad afternoon news. Yes, uh, um, uh, Brett Kavanaugh saying yesterday, you know, he wasn't going to uh, b- uh, wasn't going to back down. We will see what happens if we're looking now uh, at this being postponed as an FBI investigation goes. As Reggie mentioned, uh, seven days plus. So we're looking. What would that be? Uh, Easter? No, or not Easter. Thanksgiving, Monday, Tuesday of our time here. Uh, we'll keep you updated on that throughout the afternoon. We're going to uh, take a break here. When we come back, want to check in with Mary Jane James. The executive director of the Sexual Assault Center of Edmonton. Uh, she's been watching this very closely over the past, uh, well, certainly over the past 24 hours, over the past uh, few days. We'll get her comments and, and hear from you as well on the 6:30 Chat Afternoon News. Right, it's 2.19. Thanks for joining us on the 6.30 Chad Afternoon News. Andrew will be back on Monday. If you're um, in Calgary this weekend, he's he's playing a show down there for the next couple of nights. So we've been listening to what's happening with um, uh, the, the nomination vote for Brett Kavanaugh. We listened to the testimony yesterday afternoon. We know that uh, it's been recommended that there be uh, another investigation that could take seven days or more. Um, and again, so over Over the coming days, we will be watching this. Right now, though, want to talk about it with Mary Jen James, um, the executive director of the Sexual Assault Center of Edmonton, on a number of, of different fronts. Because I think for for some people, um, what they what they witnessed yesterday, what they what they watched yesterday. Um, for some, it was very empowering, I would say, um, to see Dr. Ford up there speaking as as she did. And I think for others, it could have been a real trigger. Would that be fair to say? 
Oh, 100%. Uh, I think the range of emotions, as it has with many of us, uh, ran the gamut of horror, of, of, of pride, of, of, you know, uh, wow, I, you know, how strong is that woman? Mm-hmm. How compelling is she? How credible she is? And I think it will give some women the strength to come forward and tell their story but I also think it'll leave a lot of other women in the shadows and saying there's no way I would put myself through that and why is that just watching what happened why why would anyone want to put themselves through that scrutiny in that sort of arena of people who are always looking for a way and we have to all own this Mm -hmm. we're always looking for a way to blame the victim And, you know, even in this case, the blatant example of using alcohol to defend his actions, if in fact there was any actions to defend, and in her case, you know, to blast her because she was inebriated, she was 15, she was, she mm. was drinking, so in, 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 in that way that she, you know, somehow contributed to what happened to her. And, you know, I completely believe in due process, we all should believe in due process, but I also believe in fair process, and that is a blatant example of something that's not fair. How can you use exa- use alcohol to the advantage of one and to the disadvantage of, of the other? And, but there would be many that would say then fair process should have been when she, when this allegedly happened, that she come forward at that time and make those claims now, not when his career is on the line. You know, <laughs> I speak to this very question very often and I have to say that Unless it happens to you, you have no idea of the journey and the strength and the courage that it takes from person to person. And this is not a women's issue versus a man's issue. This is a societal issue. And I think there's a new hashtag out there, and it's called you know, hashtag why I didn't report. Mm-hmm. And and all of the listeners who out there who are questioning why someone doesn't come forward and tell their story after that experience, I, I beg you to go in and read that because it is extremely, extremely rare that every person who, who suffers at, at the hands of a crime like this will will act in the same way so you can't say well why didn't she come forward years ago and he was you know just a lowly lawyer mm-hmm. or not a supreme court nominee well you know what our position with her is not to judge her but to say the cognitive process during this type of trauma is I'm not a psychologist and don't pretend to be one, but I can say with the the years and years that I've been dealing with this issue, most of our clients are are survivors of historical sexual violence. Hmm. It takes time to to process this, and everybody's timeline is different. There is no straight line. So, you know, and I know it's difficult for all of us to to have someone in our lives who we liked and we trusted and we respected and we looked up to who could possibly be accused of this type mm-hmm. of heinous crime. It it, it 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 for all of us. But the reality is 
is that Christine Blasey Ford got up there and told her truth. She was credible, and in my opinion, she was very believable. And she would have no reason to come forward at this time or any other time and recall the intimate, intricate details of that night with such clarity. There would be no reason for her to do so. What do you say to those uh, people who call it uh, nothing more than a witch hunt? You know, it, it, I, I've just had such a, an emotional roller coaster the last 24 hours dealing with an increased call to our crisis line of survivors who are out there who are still suffering in silence with the, with the shame and the blame and the self-blame of what happened to them, too scared, too frightened of what would happen to their own career, feeling guilty about the potential of ruining someone else's life, all of those things. And I would say that, you know... You you know, I, I I get where people are coming. They're saying, my gosh, you know, this was when he was 17 mm-hmm. years old and she was 15. And why should someone's life be ruined over something that happened 35 years ago? Fair enough. But what about her life? What about the repercussions that she's been experiencing silently and alone for all these 35 years? What about her? And so, you know, I'm I'm convinced that, uh, you know, we have a he said, she said situation here. And, and you know, he has not been found guilty mm-hmm. in a court of law. And I completely am on side with the due process thing. But I really do hope that this FBI investigation moves forward and uh, that probably the only corroborating evidence in the room, that being of Mark... Um, can't remember his last name, his uh, friend. Judge, yeah. yeah, Mark Judge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope that he will, as he said he would, give a statement, and, and then we'll know the truth. But I do want to add, because I know I'm going to get this, if it is found that there is not enough evidence to proceed with any sort of legal um, action against um, Mr. Kavanaugh, that does not mean that the incident didn't happen. That simply means, as in many cases that we see every single day, there is not enough evidence because the burden of proof is so very high in these cases. I've heard uh, a lot uh, over the past couple of days of uh, people saying, well, that's just what 15-year-old boys do or 17-year-old boys do or 20-year-old boys do. And in in my opinion, that is 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 a real discredit to our 15, 16, 17, 20-year-old boys that are out there. It's horrifying that someone would think that that's an excuse because at 15 or 17, you know, their hormones are raging or whatever it is they think. Okay, so so find someone to have consensual sexual relationships with. Don't try to force it on someone who clearly, obviously, and vehemently doesn't want to participate. Great point. And an important point. It's, 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 it, it is. And, and, and on this text line and doing this job, I, 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 I hear from some people that say, well, you know what, this is just a, it's just turned, you know, men against women, women against men. And um, I'm hearing people, you know, guys saying that they don't want to hire women anymore. We should just have all male offices, all of, all of this sort of stuff. And I'm sure you're hearing the exact same thing. Um, but to me, it's just, well, no, just, just be a decent human being. 
just be a human being and treat others, male, female, all genders, the way that you would want to be treated, the way you want your daughter to be treated, the way you'd want your sister to be treated, the way you'd want your son to be treated. Exactly. Because, because this is not a women versus mm-hmm. men issue. Sexual violence crosses all lines, all genders, all sexualities, all everything for that matter. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, using that divide to divide and conquer, you know, on one side or the other is really, is, it's not helpful. It's, it's just not helpful. Mary Jane James, the Executive Director of the Sexual Assault Centre of Edmonton, joining me in studio. We'll take a break here for the 2.30 News. want to continue the conversation right <laughs> after this. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.